Welcome to I've heard it both ways. It's a meditation ain't working. So I'm about to lose it. I'm caught up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. It's a meditation ain't working. So I'm about to lose it. And welcome back to I've heard episode seven. Lucky seven, the magnificent seven. seven. Who's a great number seven in history? Michael Vick. I can't, I can't believe you didn't think of that. Nah, it's kind of embarrassing. I even wore a freaking Michael Vick jersey last time we recorded. I know. So today, do you want to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick for more or less than three hours? I feel like we should talk about Fitz magic until Monday night game. That's them versus the Steelers, right? Yeah. That should be fun because the Steelers have already given up like 8,000 yards on the season. So. That'll be first team to like 75. It'll look like a Big 12 It'll shoot a Big out 12 there. game, exactly. This wasn't a technically a Big 12 game, but I know, I think Texas, it was Texas Tech and Houston. The final score was like 63 to 49 or something like that. It was I, wild. I feel like Houston should be in the Big 12 because they beat up on the American Conference teams. Yeah. But and, remember, it's a cartel, so. Although I guess ex- expansion's not a cartel, it's just the playoff. I guess the Big 12 likes to be different and have a championship game, even though they all play each other once. Which makes absolutely no sense. But in. Oh. My favorite thing with the Big 12 was the first year of the playoff, their like slogan that year was one true champion. And then at the end of the season, they had to crown um, TCU and Baylor <laughs> co-champions because they didn't have a championship game back then. It's like, one true champion, split two ways. Even though Baylor beat them. Yeah, beat Baylor, TCU. Baylor beat them head to head. Baylor played like eight FCS schools oh, as well. It's a Baylor so, tradition to, to schedule week. Because TCU was really the only chance to get into the playoff that year i feel like even I, though baylor was like yeah, 11 and 1 or undefeated even though uh, they were 11 and 1 they lost to west virginia okay so i think pre will greer though so that is an important caveat but the funny thing <laughs> is even though ohio state ended up winning the, the playoff that year i still think tcu should have gotten in ahead of them me too but at the same time the two best teams that year in my opinion were alabama and oregon and ohio state beat both of them so I don't know what to tell you other than I don't like Ohio State. Speaking of Ohio State, I, I honestly think they should have lost to TCU. Like I feel like TCU should be walking away saying we had that game. Yeah, I felt like TCU, TCU made a lot of losing plays. Just like if you look at the first drive, they score a touchdown, but get that holding play on the touchdown. End up missing a field goal. So and they miss a field goal. A seven points. And then Ohio State goes and scores. And that there was that four minute section of the I think it was the third quarter where they just couldn't do they couldn't get out of their own way in Ohio State I think scored twenty points in like four, four minutes. minutes it was ridiculous yeah that was obviously that was where the game was lost but if I was TCU I would say we we lost that game more than Ohio State won that game so is TCU officially out of the playoffs definitely because I'm sure they'll lose at least one conference game although having said that I wouldn't be surprised to see them beat Oklahoma and maybe win the Big Twelve so. It'd have to depend what happened in other conferences, but the Big Ten doesn't look as strong as it's supposedly supposed to be. The Big Ten had such a bad day. That was hilarious. Well, the Big Ten's had a bad preseason in general. True. Look at Michigan State. Penn State almost lost to... App- Should have lost to Appalachian. If they hadn't... The moral of the story from that game, even though I know it was two weeks ago, but the moral of the story is leave your kicker on the sideline and freaking go for it. <laughs> Ugh, that made me so mad. They had fourth and five with, you know... Two minutes left or whatever. They could have iced the game with a touchdown. And then they ended up kicking a field goal and missed it, and that was it. What other struggles did the Big Ten have? I think Kansas beat Rutgers by, like, 40. Yeah. Which which, might... I mean, I realize it's Rutgers, but also it's Kansas, which might be the most embarrassing thing that happened to the Big Ten. 
Kansas football. It hasn't been good since like John Reesing. Yep, two thousand eight. They, they beat Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl. That was a weird game. Um, what else happened? They had a couple other bad losses. Like didn't Temp- Temple beat? They beat Maryland. Wisconsin lost at home to BYU, which and then they everyone overreacted and ranked BYU, which I think is hilarious because there's no way they should be ranked right now, but they are. So we have to. Just, it is what it is. We live in that world now. I think what happened with Wisconsin is they were looking ahead to the to the, the, the night game. So okay, so do you know who the biggest loser is in this out of the BYU Wisconsin game? The outcome, the biggest loser. I have three guesses. You have one guess. <laughs> Go for it. The Iowa Hawkeyes. You're wrong. It's Wisconsin because they lost. <laughs> but <laughs> I know cheap tricks. Um, Right behind them is, yes, Iowa and Fox, because Fox has that game, I think, to televise. Iowa loses it because now they don't have the upset mystique because Wisconsin just got upset. And then Fox because Iowa doesn't have the upset mystique, I think. So that's kind of a bummer for for everybody who's not a BYU fan at this point. Yeah, and Fox is bringing in their big guns. They're bringing in Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson. They knew what everyone else knew, that Iowa's a death trap for top 10 teams. But now, well, like, now they're Wisconsin's 18, 18 so and Wisconsin will win. I'm picking Wisconsin, too, <laughs> once we get that far. So, I'm, I mean, I'm almost disappointed BYU won. Just kidding, I'm not. I was very happy. I was disappointed. I'm sure you were. But speaking of, now that Wisconsin's fallen out of the top... 15. 15. Are there any teams that you would look on the poll and say that are outside the top 10 that are playoff, have playoff potential? Outside or t- outside that could make the, a run outside, outside of the, the top, top 10. 10? 10 or 15. Hmm. Because they're all teams that I can see losing one or two more games or not having a strong enough resume. Like Oklahoma State's 15. I could see them only losing to like Oklahoma and not getting in. Although that Boise State win will look good down the road. Virginia Tech, like there's no way they... I, don't, I can't see them beating Clemson. So they probably won't get in. West Virginia. I don't think Washington's very good. Okay, let me give you a scenario. So Virginia Tech doesn't play Clemson until the ACC championship, I yeah, believe. Yeah. So Virginia Tech's undefeated, I guess an undefeated Clemson. That's a close game. Clemson sneaks it out. Is Virginia Tech right on that border? Or would a 12-1 Ohio State get in over them? I'm sure a 12-1 Ohio State would get in. You would think so, even with how badly the Big Ten has struggled? Okay, so I'm I'm not sure just because you said the Big Ten's had struggles, but also the ACC isn't particularly strong either, right? They only have, I mean, Clemson's obviously a, a top dog, and then Virginia Tech's the next closest thing, right? Yeah. So it would really just depend on, if, if Ohio State had that one loss, it would depend on the circumstances. So okay. if they lose, let's see, they go to Penn State. Let's say that if they lose that game, then yeah, they're still in. But if they lose to one of the lesser Big Ten teams somewhere along the line, then you'd have to probably pick Virginia Tech. Mm. I hope that happens. That'd be dope. Beamer ball. I mean, it could get totally crazy. I I don't want to throw too many hypotheticals at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if Washington stays undefeated and only has that loss to Auburn, it'd be interesting to see if it would be a Virginia Tech with one loss to Clemson, Auburn one loss, uh, Washington with one loss to an Auburn team pretty much at home. Well, at, at this point, uh, Clemson loss... Is gonna uh, since they're technically both neutral fields, they're yeah. uh, A Clemson loss is gonna look better. But speaking of Washington, I wanted to bring this up. Are there any good teams in the Pac-12? 
Because I kind of don't think there are. Maybe Wa- not in the Pac-12 South. I well, because like Washington looked pretty underwhelming at Utah, I thought. Utah and Michigan State have this amazing effect of making every game ugly in a way, and they'll just beat you with ugly. Let me, let me make my argument, though. Because Washington, obviously, they lost to Auburn, and Auburn lost to an LSU team that I'm pretty sure both of us are still not sold on, right? Yes. Like, I feel like LSU is still overrated because Miami, clearly not that good. Auburn, who knows we'll at this see. point. But anyways, they lost to a team that we don't really believe in. And then Stanford, I mean, they won like 30-9 to against UC Davis. I don't think Bryce Love played, but you should. that wasn't very convincing. They struggled against San Diego State. They won, but still. Um, Oregon, I think, is undefeated, right? But they haven't played anybody of note. Colorado's 3-0, but their best win is Nebraska, and Nebraska just lost the home to Troy. So are they, are, they did have their starting quarterback got injured in that Colorado game, too. Yeah, but still. So was, now they have he, a walk-on because of the transfer yeah. shenanigans. He did get injured relatively late in the game, if I remember correctly, though. Yeah, so they played him for most of the game. That's what Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I just don't feel like there are actually any good teams in the Pac-12, and not just because I'm anti-West Coast. Like, does the Pac-12 have a single good non-conference win at this point? No, I wouldn't say they did. I mean, is their best is their best non conference win Cal over BYU? Kind of, kind of. Maybe it might be. Which uh, I think there's opportunities for Pac-12 to improve their resume because USC still has that game against Notre Dame. Stanford goes on the road to a couple tough places as well. I don't have a, any leg <laughs> to stand on at this point. I say I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. No good teams west of. What's the best team? What's the farthest west before you run out of good teams? Oklahoma? Yeah. I mean, Fresno State. Oh, no, TCU. TCU, okay. Nobody nobody good west of Fort Worth. Those TCU helmets were dope, I thought, too. Like, I'm not a purple guy, but like the metallic purple. Metallic purple is cool. With the black jerseys. The one thing that always gets me with TCU is they have to have the worst, like, hand signal in all of football. The little little horned frog. And when they scan across the student section, if I was a student there, I'd be so embarrassed to hold that up. It's not great. It's ridiculous. They need to work on that. Go back to the drawing board there. I I think we can unanimously agree Miami has the greatest hand signal in all sports. I think that's, that's reasonable. Yes. Texas is... Okay, but overrated, in my opinion, the, the hook'em thing. I like the hook'em. I wouldn't say I, I, it's I do, overrated. I do like it, but I, I do think it's a bit overrated. The seminal chop. The seminal chop. That one, I like that one a lot as a kid, but the older I get, it just seems kind of unimaginative, personally. But And they do it every other day, and, and yeah, that's what I can't that stand is about annoying. it. I'm trying to think of some really bad ones. Plus, everyone always trolls. Uh, they always troll Florida State with the, the chop, so it kind of backfires. Virginia Tech tries to have one, but it just doesn't work. I guess it's a narrower pool than we thought. For whatever reason, I thought like 15 would come straight to my mind, and none of them, none of yeah, them did other than the, the three I've named. But I feel like TCU is competing for the worst, for the worst position. Yeah, the, for the Razzie Award of that. We both agree that LSU is overrated, <laughs> and we've both been high on Jared Stidham at some point. Mm-hmm. But this was an interesting stat I think actually Tim Tebow brought to the forefront when we were having a casual conversation in the <laughs> break room. <laughs> You were um, having a casual conversation in the break room with Tim Tebow? Yeah, you, you must have missed that meeting. <laughs> Dang it. Could have met one of Invite my... Invite got lost in the mail or something. Bummer. Anyway, the stat that he was, that he pulled up was Jared Stidham's first in the SEC in QBR when he's not facing any pressure, but when he's facing pressure, 
he's last in the SEC in QER, which is crazy. That's saucy. Because he brought that up before the LSU game, and I thought that was an interesting point because that's what LSU did. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I interrupt you a ton, and I'm very sorry, but I have to get this off my mind. Um, Did you mean you were watching TV in the break room and Tim Tebow was on? Semantics. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... The way you said it at first, you literally said it came up in a conversation with Tim Tebow in the break room. So I pictured you... I know, I was... Well... I, just really I was trying to create an image for our viewers. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very trying sorry. to boost our resume here. Okay. But. That's what I had in my mind, so you, you created the image well. Anyways, I'm, Stidham facing pressure. In reality, he may have been on ESPN. I have no idea where this is going. I just derailed us so badly. I'm very sorry. <laughs> LSU pressured Stidham a lot last year, and they had success with it. And he brought up how if they repeat that, they're going to have a chance to win the game. That's exactly what happened. If I'm scouting the Auburn Tigers, I'm just blitzing the crap out of Jared Stidham just based on that stat alone until they can prove to beat it. Well, I would trust Gus Malzahn to design some sort of scheme to get around that. but And Auburn did shoot themselves a lot in the foot with penalties. Ooh, like the, the did you did you see the pass interference that set up the, the game winning field goal? It was it was third. I did, it, but it was I don't third down. It. it was like about midfield, maybe just just past midfield. With, you know, under. Oh, left, okay, yeah, I do. And it, if they hadn't called the pass interference, LSU would have had to punt. Game probably goes to overtime. Yeah, I didn't. I could kind of see where the ref was coming from, but I personally would have let it go. I think anytime an official's in that situation, they should let it go. Unless it's like a unless obvious. it's blatant, yeah. If it's a fifty-fifty, it's let it go. Or even sixty-five. I, I might be a little biased just because I picked Auburn, which is I was so I was rooting for Auburn. Therefore, I was wa- watching the game through Homer goggles. So uh, this this occurred to me during the, the Utah Washington game because there were the two Utah players that got ejected for targeting, and then there was a couple of Washington hits that. I didn't think we're targeting, but given the way they had been called earlier, I was like, well, if you're going to call it this way, you kind of have to call it this way, right? What do you think? What do you think on that? If you're calling it both ways, you need to make those calls. Like the one where the safety got ejected, the Utah safety got ejected, that was that was ridiculous. That was a tough call. I was like, what are you supposed to do there? Because he was even getting blocked like as he made the tackle. The one on the hit on the quarterback that he got ejected for, I thought that was reasonable. Based on the rule itself, I think the problem's more with the rule. You yeah, can call that. Well, definitely. The point of those calls is to take away the injuries mm-hmm. to the game. But then there was plenty of other plays that happened that were much more dangerous that weren't penalized at all. Mm-hmm. And do, do I think they should be penalized? No. But that's... Under the rule. Under the rule. Yeah. It's, I think there's a big problem with the rule itself. Well, and the, the word, the buzzword to me um, in these targeting rulings is they always use the word defenseless. So I've come to the conclusion at this point, your best offense is to be defenseless. Because <laughs> that's just how you get your 15 yards at this point. Like, uh, oh, like in the Packers-Vikings game, did you see that phantom roughing the passer near the yeah. end? Yeah. That was ridiculous. I couldn't... I just couldn't it changed wrap, the game. I couldn't have my brain around totally that. Totally different game. Apparently ties are just, like, going to become standard fare now, which is the reason I'm going to stop watching football. The only reason, by the way. The NFL needs to get rid of ties. I swear we had this conversation just a couple weeks ago, and you were... You weren't okay with ties, but you could see where they were coming from, where I was the radical who's against ties in all forms. Well, it's because... Uh, I guess the way I'm leaning more on that way of the fence is you invest three and a half hours into a game and then it's just so unsatisfying to oh, have it end in a tie. A hundred percent. Like, no, everybody loses. Maybe not in the loss column, but nobody wins. Like, the reason 
what I was defending was it going from 15 minutes to 10 minutes. Oh, you weren't defending the tie? I mean, it was prevents less injury. That's what more, I was defending. It does generate more ties, though. Like, especially because, obviously, Green Bay probably should have won the game at the end of regulation. And they're thinking, well, we didn't win, but we still have a chance to, to get this win that we deserve. I honestly thought they deserved the win. And if the Vikings are like, hey, we have a chance to steal one, and then because kickers are head cases who can't be trusted, just... Which very- I guess that's a point, too, is both of those teams had opportunities to win that game in the end, but, but kickers are head cases. <laughs> it just it just drives me nuts because I love to complain about soccer. I don't I don't hate soccer, but it's fun to pretend like I hate soccer. Is soccer you get ties up the yin yang. You have a, you have a, you can have a zero zero tie like every other day at some point. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my one of the great strengths of American sports is as a general rule, you never have ties. So. Yeah, there's always winner and loser. Yeah. Like that's you play what's the Herm Edwards line? You play to win the game. The whole point of the game is let's see who wins. When you get a tie it's just it's just empty. It's like eating. It's, to me, having ties is like eating salad. Like, yeah, you did something, but you really didn't do anything. Ties are the salad of the sports world. Let's put it that way. I like that. I can see that on the front of your biography. <laughs> so, speaking of NFL things, this is a headline I've never seen in my entire life, and you know it probably has happened before, but I, I'm not aware of if it has happened. Bills cornerback Vontae Davis retiring in the middle of a game. What you're you're a lot more rational than I am in in most cases. What do you think of what's your take on this? Well, when I read about it, it was from the interview, I guess when I heard about it, it was from the interview of a Bills player, the linebacker, right? Lorenzo yeah. Alexander or whoever. Yeah, Lorenzo Alexander in his interview is like he's leaning over, "Where's Vontae?" Like oh he retired. Have him. Could you imagine having that conversation? <laughs> just he he just quit. I I just couldn't. I couldn't help but just bust up laughing. Like he signed a five million is five million guaranteed contract before the season, and he's just like, I'm out. I'm done. Y'all have fun. I just think Highway that's robbery. so funny. Like the Bills are so bad this year that they have players just giving up in the middle of games. And I, I thought when I first when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he, you know, I'm sure he has some kind of nagging injury or, I don't know, you know, some off the field mm-hmm. issue that he needs to take care of or whatever. And then it comes out like, nope, fine, everything's going okay, just I'm done, goodbye. Well, yeah, and he's like a Pro Bowl player. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's been to two Pro Bowls. Like if he was a fourth stringer who never plays, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's but... not much of a headline. It's still a headline, but it's more but, just like yeah, a it's footnote. Like a, it's a footnote, exactly. <laughs> But I think that's so funny. Like, that's the headline of his bio, is the guy who quit at halftime. Well, that's that's basically what we want to do, right? Once we get rich off of this thing, just disappear, disappear reappear somewhere else. I mean, that's the dream, so I guess we can't blame yeah, him. We, I, was, honestly, respect, I was really ready to bash him, but, <laughs> but when you put it that way... Yeah, respect Avante Davis. He, he, he actually, got his payday, and then he... And then he just dipped. Because like, I was thinking, I was like, man, I'd love to do that at my job, just... Get to a good position in the company and then just be like, all right, I'm done. No two weeks notice, just nothing. Actually, I did that when I worked at a grocery store. I just typed up, I'm quitting or whatever, and put it on a piece of paper and dropped it in the inbox and never came back. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much the same thing Dante Davis did. What if the game was in L.A. and he decided to quit at halftime? Wait, in L.A. or in... The the game was in Buffalo, but what if Vontae Davis... Say in a different world, 
the game's in LA and Vonta Davis is like, you know what, I've had enough of this. Oh, like how does he get home? Does he yeah. take a team flight <laughs> and, home? And he just quits at half does he quit at halftime if the game's on the road? Or does he, or does he, he hold he it in <laughs> hold it in, or does he just take an Uber from LA to Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> My question is what did he do after he announced his retirement? Did he just like pack up? And yeah, he walk just packed out? up and left. So he wasn't like in this in the locker room when the team got back. No, I don't oh, think goodness. so. That's hilarious. If it's in L.A., yeah, he probably waits because he wants to ride home. Although I'm sure he could afford it. So who knows? But Vontae Davis, you have our you have our respect. You are now a role model in our lives. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> because I. I did read some articles that are expecting he knew when it, when it was time to leave and got ahead of it. Oh, and brother. I I don't buy that at all. Not I even, buy the no. I buy the get rich quick and can get out. Definitely, angle. definitely. I wonder when if when it happened when this fantasy entered his mind that you know what today's my last day. This is this is the last play right here. I've had enough of it. Or or do you think he just do you think he went in at halftime like thinking man this team sucks I hate this and then he's like well why don't I just quit. Like how premeditated was this, do you think? I know. There's just so many layers to it. This is one of my favorite stories ever. Well, it's like if he just, he was walking down the tunnel like, you know, I'm done with this. I'm over. And then he just, he didn't like think it through at all. He just, I'm done. I'm done. Like, like come on, man. We got another hat to play. We can get back in. Like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm hanging him up, coach. Uh, who would he go to to talk to would he go to just the defensive coordinator and tell him or is it the head coach like i I feel if you don't care that much and don't think it through you would wouldn't tell anyone just leave and then until someone approached you about it well he he must have he had to have told somebody obviously because the the one guy knew uh the linebacker knew so he told somebody well the linebacker didn't know a coach told somebody told him well, the, so, see, that's why I'm wondering if he's just packing up his things and the coach is like, hey, where, yo, Vontae, what are you doing? Where are you doing? going? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing over there? Oh, I'm retiring. How would you react if you're that coach? <laughs> You'd be like, hey, you're kidding, right? <laughs> nope. Uh, you imagine the tension, the awkward silence in that room? Ooh, that would be if like... If it was just the two of them left, everyone the, else the is leaving. The mother going of all out. awkward silences. Oh, man, I love this. Going inside the mind, inside of, the mind of a Monte Davis. Davis. So in the future, if when anyone quits on their team in, in any sort of way, like if they just, you know, stop trying at the end of a game or pull a Kawhi, is it going to be called pulling a Vonte? Because <laughs> for a few years we had like the, you know, the, I'm going to pull a South Beach or a pull a LeBron or whatever, where you're like, I'm just going to... taking my talents? Yeah, exactly. Is, is, is Vonte Davis going to become a, uh, a buzzword or whatever? Yeah, does this start a trend of people just retiring at halftime? Bingo. I mean, you wouldn't know what lineup you'd have. Uh, <laughs> fantasy players would be going crazy. Oh. My tight end retired at halftime. <laughs> Man, I needed Trey Burton to retire at halftime. <laughs> Just kidding. He, he made a touchdown catch on the first drive and I lost. Speaking with other crazy things in the NFL, something I want to talk about is Michael Kendricks. Now he's the dude who got nailed for insider trading, right? Yeah. And he played Monday night. So you get reward. So the Browns cut him. Worst team in the NFL. They cut him. And then he gets signed by the Seahawks. And then he's playing Monday night. Had a sack on Mitch Trubisky. The NFL is rewarding white-collar crime. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm I'm a big fan of white-collar crime, personally. (laughs) It'd be my preferred crime if I was going to commit one. 
that's no, but fair. But honestly, I I don't understand. Like, because he's been charged. He, and he's been charged with a felony, and he's just wait awaiting sentencing. And he's playing football. I guess because it's a white collar crime, like white collar crime is looked at differently than you know violent crimes or whatever. So like, well, yeah, he did something bad, but it's not like he beat a woman or something. Although the NFL doesn't care about that either. With white collar crime, he's been presumed innocent, even though he's been it's, charged with a felony. <laughs> I don't understand. Nothing. Nothing makes sense anymore. So. I thought that this was is, an interesting headline. This has got to be one of the wildest NFL seasons so far, just for the fact that we have we have two ties in the first two weeks. We have uh, Le'Veon Bell just sitting at home doing nothing. We have dudes retiring in the middle <laughs> of games. We have Fitzmagic taking the world by storm. We have Pat Mahomes on pace to throw 800 touchdowns this season. Oh, my gosh. Just, it's crazy. There's too much going on. Do, do you think... How long do you think Fitzmagic lasts, or will he? Is he just a star now, and that's the way? That's the world we live in. Well, I'm remembering when Fitzpatrick was on the Jets, and he had a good run there too, when no one was expecting anything of him. But so he I didn't like say, he didn't do Jack when he was on the Bills. Yeah, he got that big contract with the Bills, and then he was done. Is he in a contract year? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole. I think he. I think he's the starter the rest of the year. I know we talked about it a little, a little last time. but At this point, he has to be, I feel like. Like, it's his job because Jameis lost the job. Like, it wasn't some of this injury thing, like, with Alex Smith or anything. Mm-hmm. It was Jameis. Under, uh, now he's under, getting sued by the Uber driver, sued, too. Yeah. So, uh, there's no way you take 40 points off the field. Nope. They've beaten two good teams, like... They beat the Saints and Saints the Eagles. The Eagles. Those, who those are, should both be playoff teams, I think. Yeah, that's cream of the crop in the NFC, which is their division. So better conference. How how dope would it be if the Viking or Vikings? Good grief! If the Bucks ended up winning that division, that would be so cool. Honestly, the Bucks being like not only competent but a contender. Let's not call them a contender, but let's just pretend they're a contender. That would make that division just murderous because the Falcons are like a contender in a lot of people's eyes. The Saints as well. The Panthers, maybe not maybe not as much as the other two, but they're definitely a solid team. That would make that a, probably the best division in football. Maybe. Yeah, I would think so. A runaway best division in football. Yeah. More than anything, though, I'd rather focus on the uh, the Fitzpatrick press conference after. <laughs> and then he looked like uh, if Conor McGregor and Norse Deity had a baby. <laughs> that was just wild. Like mm-hmm. he's right, I, I wish he hadn't said, I got to give Deshaun his clothes back. Because if, if he just goes out there like, this is all my swag... Oh, legend, but it was still cool. Well, did you see Deshaun? Yeah, just standing okay. on the side, yeah. I, I thought that was funny. I've been like, Deshaun, go away. We'll settle our business later or something, you know, something like that. Just like, we just got to stay humble. That, that's that got to be my favorite press conference of all time after the Allen Iverson practice rant. I feel like we need to get Fitzpatrick jerseys. I get actually, a Harvard Fitzpatrick jersey. You know what's funny is I actually had a chance to buy a, a Bill's Fitzpatrick jersey a while back, and I didn't, and I've... Regretted it ever since Sunday. <laughs> Speaking of 2-0 teams like the Buccaneers, who would you say the worst 2-0 team in the NFL is right now? Got to pull up standings now. And I'll also go vice versa. Have you look up this? The worst 0-2 team? The best 0-2 team, right yeah. So I did a little consideration on this. I think the best, uh, the best, the worst 2-0 team has to be the Miami Dolphins. That's where I was going to go. 
we, just because... Well, yeah, we were talking about this off-air. There's not a single like recognizable player on the Dolphins, which doesn't guarantee you to be a bad team, but you just look at the roster and like, where does this come from? Kenny Stills is your best receiver. Ryan Tannehill is the only player that non-hardcore football fans can name. What about your worst, worst and, or your best 0-2 team? Best 0-2, I think they're actually going to square off this week for the right to be the best 0-2 team. The winner will be the best 1-2 team, <laughs> and the loser will be the best 0-3 team, and it's the Giants and the Texans. I think both of them still have playoff talent on both sides of the ball. Do you think where would the where would the Giants be if they had drafted a quarterback? Because Saquon looked They'd really Saquon worse. looked really good against. They'd probably the, be worse. I mean, Barkley looked really good against the um, the Cowboys, but Eli didn't do jack. Well, I think Eli's still the star, even if they drafted Darnold at this point. Really, but I think they're. Oh yeah, I mean Darnold's been pretty better than Eli in New York. Did you see with the, fewer weapons? M- McAdoo got fired because he benched Eli. McAdoo got fired because the Giants were a mess. And it all started with benching Eli. I think it started the day the season started. <laughs> There's a obsession with Eli Manning for Giants fans. I mean, he did get him two Super Bowls out of nowhere. Had two of the greatest runs for the... He's the I'm, worst Super Bowl. I'm just shaking my head so hard, my uh, my ears are starting to ring over here. But it's true. But they have a lot of talent around the ball. So if I'd, so if they draft Sam Darnold instead of Saquon, I don't think they're as good. You know, right now, just because Saquon's a solid, is a, very, one of those running player. backs you you'd love to have. I still think they'd be 0-2 just because they played the Jags and the Cowboys, both of whom are, you know, better than them. But I think Eli is gonna I cost do think Eli's gonna future. cost them Eli's gonna cost them some wins this year that they would have gotten with Darnold. I mean they would have upside, big upside for the future. And if I were the Giants, I would have taken Sam Darnold. But they were in the win now mode. They refuse to admit their need to start rebuilding. Which we've seen how well that goes in the NBA, so <laughs> Dark days ahead for Big Blue, unfortunately. Well, this is pretty easy because they mostly suck, which is why they're 0-2. I go with the Houston Texans just because, I mean, they should they should be better than they are. Um, they didn't play well. They haven't played well They haven't yet. looked good at all. Uh-uh. Um, obviously, Deshaun hasn't been as good as he was for that flash last year. I think he can get close to that. The defense hasn't played as well as they, they could as either, so... I go with the Texans, but there's really nobody that's 0 2 who makes you who makes you feel who makes you feel like they should be better than that. Yeah. But 0 2 teams like have an eleven percent chance to make the playoffs. So maybe one of these 0 2 teams will make the playoffs. I mean your 0 2 teams are the Cardinals, they're a mess, the Lions. I don't think they might not win a game. The Raiders with Chucky, our Raiders as of last week. Uh Texans, the Bills who may not win a game. Do the Bills and the Lions play each other? I don't think they do. I think the Cardinals and the Bills are the worst team, and Detroit's third because at least Detroit, the, at least, at has least Detroit Stafford. has Stafford. That's yeah, so cool. he could win win them a game That's or fair. two. Did you? They set a record, or they broke a record. Um, the Lions did for longest streak of games without a one hundred yard rusher. They haven't had a one hundred yard rusher since Reggie Bush in like 
2011 or something crazy wow. like that. That is crazy. Which to me, that's kind of sad because I don't feel like running the ball is that hard, like schematically. Because to have a good passing game, you need timing, you need a good quarterback, you need good O-line blocking, you need good receivers. Like There's a lot that goes into it. Whereas running the ball, like you just have to basically out-muscle the other team, right? Yeah, it's just effort. Yeah, and so just to not be able to do that at least once in the last seven years or whatever, that's pretty sad. And I realize they throw the ball a lot because they've had Matt Stafford and they had Calvin Johnson, but still, you should be able to run for, as a team, they've done it, you know, rush for over 100 yards, but they haven't had a single, like a single player break that. Dark days for Detroit. Dark, well, when has it not been? Since 2004, Pistons, the 2004 Pistons. So before we move on from the NFL, let's talk about Josh Gordon, who blew his 80th chance with the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Because you and can't then, stay off the weed. And then won the lottery and ended up going with the New England Patriots. have been the most successful pran- franchise in the 2000s. What, what I think is weird is like it's become a... it's. It's been trendy among all the media members to say, oh, this isn't going to, this might look good on the surface, you know, talented wide receiver, good quarterback, good scheme, blah, blah, blah. But this actually won't work out. I'm like, well, why not? If there's one place for it to work out, it has to be with New England. And, and it's not like they didn't really give up that much. I mean, they gave up just, what, a fifth round pick or something like that? Oh, yeah, it was it, it for nothing. They didn't pay anything for him. So even if it doesn't work out, it's not like New England. It's definitely worth the risk, oh, especially sure. if you're New England who has associates to watch you at all times and places <laughs> and make sure you don't do anything or Belichick will just leak have anything strapped, out. strapped to a chair when he's not playing or practicing. Yep. Seems reasonable. Can you imagine the detox he has to go through? <laughs> I've never detoxed, but I'm sure it's going to suck. Obviously, I mean, he's not going to be, it's not going to be another Randy Moss, Tom Brady situation where they break the single season touchdown record, but you know, I'd say like 75% chance this works out well. Yeah, the, if he can get his head right and is consistent for the Patriots, like just consistently bear and a part of it, it'll work out. Because really, they don't have a number one receiver right now with Edelman still suspended two more games. When does he come back? I think he was suspended oh, four two games. Two more games, so. like you just said. But I think adding that deep threat of Josh Gordon... Definitely that opens things up, especially since the Patriots just love crossing routes so much. Yeah. I mean, look at what Brandon Cooks did in the year. I mean, he had a slow start, but he had big games he got, as he well. He got better as the season went on, yeah. So it's definitely worth the risk, and this is Josh hey. Gordon's last chance. Yeah, if he can't make it here, nobody's going to want anything to do with him. Yep. So speaking of the NBA, which I think is also the most dramatic league we have just because the players are insane. Did you you saw Damian Lillard's workout video, right? Oh, I absolutely did. That was the greatest workout video I've ever seen, and I loved how he's like, "Well, you're all y'all are obsessed with this, so so here's mine." Because some idiot was giving him crap, like, "We haven't seen your workout video. What have you been doing?" It's like just because it's not on Twitter doesn't mean it didn't happen. Like I remember Rudy Gobert posted a video of him like doing boxing drills or something. And someone's like, hey, maybe you should be working on your post game or, you know, something stupid. And he's like, and Rudy was like, I only see what I want you to see. So shut the heck up. That was my favorite was Dame Doll. Is it if you don't if you don't post your workout, it never happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just I feel like NBA players in general are just they have a very strange perception of themselves. Cause did you see what did you see what Jimmy Butler tweeted the other day? No. So there was so someone reported a meeting happening between him and the the T Wolves, I think. Um, and he's like, oh, that didn't happen. I can't believe what people believe or write. And then, then the very next day, the meeting that someone had talked about actually ended up happening. So basically, it was just a day late. So it's like, uh, Jimmy, oh, what really? are you like? What are you mad about, man? I think with the NBA being so star central, I wonder if players feel like they have to expand their brand because it's so competitive. Like it's not about the teams anymore; it's about each pl- individual player's brand. That that sounds about right. I mean, you never hear the it's gonna be the Warriors versus the Lakers. It's oh, on Christmas Day we get LeBron against the Warriors. Like, yeah, you know LeBron does actually play for a team. Fun fact. But the Jimmy Butler tweet was. Exactly why people need to stop believing what you see on the internet. I didn't have no damn meeting today. It's tomorrow. I wonder what else people write and people believe. Okay, so they were off by like one day. What's the big deal? So let's switch over to this week's depth chart where you're starting, backing up, or benching this week's headlines. So I'm going to start with Patrick Mahomes as a top five QB. Well, let's see. We... Let me see if I can think of five quarterbacks who I think are better than Patrick Mahomes, and then I'll let you know. So I think Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady, Russell Wilson. There's uh, Drew Brees. Wilson just doesn't have an offensive line, but that's another topic. Yeah, so um, that's. I, mean, I Wentz, do think Wentz, that Wentz was pretty dang good last year, and he's cleared for this week. Apparently, Fitzmagic is a top five quarterback now. <sighs> So I'll go back up, but he's he's on the cusp. If he can sustain this, I mean, he doesn't have to sustain it because his numbers are just insane. If he can keep it at a you know a high level just for a couple more weeks, I mean, you kind of have to throw him into that conversation. I think it proves how good of a coach Andy Reid is. Like Reasonable. He's the perfect quarterback coach. Oh, plus, we forgot Jared Goff on that list, I'd have to say. <laughs> Not that he's a top five, but just guys who you'd probably rank ahead of him. Oh, gotcha. I don't know if I'd put him. I don't know if I'd put Jared Goff. I think it's just Jared Goff's weapons around him make him who he is that was what i said about matt liner when i was like eight years old and i was right so i better not argue with that one anyways (laughs) all right so backing up patrick mahomes moving on to the next one we'll switch over to a little college football wisconsin's been eliminated from the college football playoff yes even if they went out and beaten undefeated ohio state oh well i'm no i'm the if they win out, then they could probably, I would assume they would get in because our Ohio State win would, in a championship, you know, conference championship games can vault you into the playoffs, as we've seen. So if they win out, you know, it, it would depend on other candidates, obviously, but I'm almost positive they won't win out. So I'll go bench warmer, or I mean starter. All right, I'm going to switch back to the NFL again. Go for it. So watching Monday night, it was kind of Russell Wilson versus the Bears. <laughs> He has, he's in the second to last year of his contract, so they didn't start negotiating, but there's been no extension talks. So Russell Wilson isn't a Seahawk in 2020. I'll go starter just because, like you said, there's been no talks. And if I'm Russell Wilson, like, why would I want to be talking to them right now? Their offensive line was bad last year, and they did nothing to improve it. They don't really have a receiving core. I mean, Let's see, Baldwin is still is their best receiver. Yeah, but he's injured. So. Exactly, and so they didn't haven't they haven't had a run game since Marshawn Lynch left. So I mean, 
But next year, if I'm the Seahawks, you have to look at it as, okay, if we want to keep Russell Wilson, this is our audition to keep Russell Wilson. And since they didn't do Jack this year, either they're saving cap space and assets for next year, or they just don't care. I know how much you love good old Coach O. Go Tigers. Todd Herman pretty much had the had his choice of either Texas or LSU and tried to have him game played in a game of chicken. And then LSU just went and said, okay, we're hiring Orgeron, but will Coach Orgeron be more successful than Todd Herman is throughout their 10 years as their coaches at, at each team? It's tough to say. Um, so but, far, obviously, LSU has had more success than Texas. LSU hasn't been terribly successful. Texas just hasn't done anything either. Uh, I I almost want to lean, and I'm not overreacting to what LSU has done so far, but I almost want to go a starter just because I think Coach O's personality and his just everything about him fits LSU to a T. Like, I don't know why we didn't see this before. It's not necessarily a recipe for success, but it could contribute. Um, contribute to the culture. Exactly, because LSU is just like run the ball, win the trenches, keep the defense fresh, win the game in the fourth quarter. That's basically what they did against Auburn. Although Burroughs had some nice throws as well during the game. And Coach O is all about just like physicality and not being understandable when you speak. And I mean, until Herman shows that Texas can do anything, which, and by the way, I don't, I don't uh, put a lot of stock in that win over USC. I'm 100% out on USC at this point. What I find ironic is that Herman's mentor, Urban Meyer, has probably been LSU's biggest help by letting Joe Burrows know that he wasn't going to be a starter Dude. and letting him transfer to the Tigers. Yep. Which, he's, he he's, made some big throws in that game. Honestly, so far, he's been the best LSU quarterback of my lifetime. That's not saying anything, because you're basically competing against Zach Mettenberger and Jordan Jefferson and a bag of oatmeal, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus we Russell. We all know how that worked okay. out. <laughs> but he was a good college quarterback. Well, he was one another one of those guys where it's just like, oh, phys- big arm, physical tools, which are just buzzwords for can't do anything but throw the ball really far, <laughs> a la Josh Allen. All right, I got one more here. With Boise State getting crushed by Oklahoma State in Stillwater, USC, UC- UCF. UCF, thank you, is the group of six last hope to make the college football playoff this year. Yeah, it has to be starter because Fresno State would have been the next best hope and they lost that Minnesota and you, you basically have to go undefeated. Oh, yeah. So that e- easy starter, not even a, a fall camp competition. <laughs> All right, that's this week's death chart once again. Brought to you by Not State Farm. That's an inside joke for all three of you that have listened to every episode. I do have a big announcement on that. I decided I've switched teams. I'm not anti-State Farm. I'm anti-Wells Fargo. They're not mutually exclusive. You can be anti-both. Okay, well. Or you're just saying, whereas State Farm used to be public enemy number one, now it's Wells Fargo. Yes. Okay, well, if we're doing that, my public enemy number one is Verizon. (laughs) Verizon's commercials are the worst. Like, that Mark Zuckerberg-looking weirdo. That does their commercials Thomas now. Thomas Middleditch. Ah, I don't want to know. His, I don't want to know his name because it's then for an Emmy Award. I don't care. Then I'll start seeing him as a human being, and I don't want to do that because I despise that. He's man. funny in Silicon Valley. Well, Not I've never watched life. Silicon Valley, and I never will because of him. So, which sucks because I feel like Verizon's probably the best wireless carrier, and I'll never have them strictly because of whatever that person's name is. But his commercials are just insufferable. Like he's got the the nasty beard, which is trying to look like a hipster, and then he's got like the 
the shirt with no be- no belt, but it's also tucked in, and then like the weird looking blazer, and then short pants with no socks, like just, ugh. <laughs> I feel sick talking about him. Why do you hate Wells Fargo? Saw their commercial, and it's all about wholesomeness and getting back on track when they're grimy and gross. Very and reasonable. Truth and so don't look, care about us. Look at you being more rational than me. What a su- <laughs> what a surprise. I guess what I'm really trying to say is that I'm team progressive. I'm not know, a huge fan of I don't, Flow. I don't like but Flow, they do and have, I don't like Jamie. They do have the occasional funny commercial. And then Geico, Geico just has too many commercials. Like every commercial break, I swear there's three Geico commercials. Yeah. Basically, I'm at the point in my life where I'm willing to pay for better commercials. So some people, so like you pay for cable. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, if we're going to have to watch so many commercials, because commercial breaks, I swear, just keep getting longer and more frequent. Like you get a timeout commercial break, a punt commercial break, you know, end of quarter commercial break. So you have four commercial breaks in like 30 seconds of game action. So if we're going to be forced to watch so many commercial breaks, shouldn't they or shouldn't they at least be better? This is what, this is what society has driven me to. I'm ready to pay for commercials. That's a sad wow. that's a sad thought. Just kidding. I'm not going to state gonna, I'm not, of the union. I'm not ever going to do that, but it did occur to me. All right, so let's finish up with the good old picks of this week. We're starting to get the hang of this. We've both went over 500 this week. I think I went 4-2, and two, because San Diego State upset ASU. the Sun Devils. Purdue covered Missouri, so you got one point, so you went 3-2. and two. And then we both picked the same for the f- four games this week. Thank you, Van Gundy. Or Van, why do we keep calling that? Thank you, Mike Gundy's Mike mullet. Mike Gundy. Power of the mullet there. So we're both 500 in college football polls. And then NFL, we both had a solid week. You're up to four and five now, and I'm six and two in the NFL. So I'm starting to pull away there in week of, two already. Run of, away like the of, Patriots do in the AFC East. A lot of game left. So let's start with college football here. Not again, not a lot of great matchups. Even with conference play starting, it's like eh, nothing to write home about. But we'll start with good old Aggies of Texas A&M. At Alabama. Well, I want to pick Texas A&M so bad just because this kind of has a similar feel to the uh, the Johnny Manziel game. But I'm convinced Bama's going to win every game the rest of the year by at least 60 points. So a soulless me is picking Alabama to win. Correct. <laughs> I, I can tell you already that Alabama's going to win this game. I'll, I'll tell you what, last week... You saw that uh, Ole Miss, you know, had that 70-yard touchdown to start the game, went up 7-0, and I was like, hey, they might give him a game. <laughs> I looked back, I turned around, and, you know, three seconds later, it was 42-7. to Yeah, like, scored like 63 unanswered. It's, yeah, they, I think they scored 28 points in the first quarter. It's 28-7. to I was just like, well, yeah, thanks, it for, looks thanks like for showing up, Ole Miss. It's Alabama's world, and we're just living in it. Which is the most depressing thing you could have said on this podcast. <laughs> well, let's move on to the good old West Coast that you're so fond of. <laughs> Number seven, Stanford traveling to Eugene, Oregon. Boy, this is a tough one. Um, I'm not sold on Stanford, but we've said this before, and I, I might have this tattooed on my massive right bicep, that you win the game in the trenches. Stanford should dominate the trenches. So I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert, so I think they'll keep it close, but I like Stanford on the road. 
I'm going to pick the Ducks just because I don't want to have the same picks with you every week. <laughs> and I do like Justin Herbert as well. Hopefully they air it out. Even though now that I'm thinking about it, Stanford always dominates Oregon in the past. But I usually. still... Usually. But I'm going to say it's a new era of Oregon football. Rebuilding it. They're going to get the big win at home and pretty much eliminate any hope of the Pac-12 making it into the playoff. All right, let's switch over to the SEC. Number two, Georgia, traveling to Missouri. Well, Who's undefeated? The, yeah, this might look like a trap game because Missouri's undefeated, but when you look at it, they haven't beaten anybody good, and they just squeaked one out against Purdue, who we were so high on Purdue, and now we're so not. Yeah, they got to go undefeated <laughs> to get my prediction. So uh, I do think Georgia rolls in that one. I would expect that one to be over early in the third quarter. I'm with you. Missouri's extremely overrated. Georgia's going to dominate probably any team in the SEC East at this point. We'll see if they can hang with Alabama in the SEC championship. All right, a game that we were so excited to pick, but now it's thanks to those, those Cougars. Pesky Cougars. Ruin. No, wait, those scrappy, all, those scrappy Cougars. We, honestly, they killed us too because we've been – Building this game up yep, yep. so much. I'm not even I'm not even mad though, honestly. I expected BYU to lose by fifty, and you know? they didn't. They didn't. So number eighteen Wisconsin travels to Kinnick and Iowa at night. Honestly, if if, if Wisconsin would have won, I would have picked Iowa before you could have even finished reading the pick, but now that Wisconsin has lost, um, and a lot of people are, are already harping the, oh, Wisconsin's overrated thing, which, you know, that might have been a little bit true, but I think they are better than they showed. Um, I think they'll be able to run the ball, you know, pretty well against Iowa. They're very similar teams, so I think it'll be a close one, but I think Wisconsin pulls it out and gets the stop they need late in the game. I agree with you. Now that they're not a top 10 team, really, Iowa isn't much of a threat. The mystique is gone. So Wisconsin, a revenge game. They're going to roll them, pull away in the fourth quarter, win by 20 points. Ooh, a lot. I like it. What what do you got for your trap game? My trap game of the week. The Seminoles, we've found a way to, you would think this is a home podcast in Tallahassee. (laughs) We've found a way to talk about them every week. But they're. I mean, they for one reason or another, they've been something to talk about. Their bowl streak is in jeopardy this year, I think, and they have Northern Illinois coming to town. I love Sutton Smith, their defensive end. He's one of those players that just gets the ball as a, and is able to make plays. So I'm gonna say a great nose for the ball, as they would say on TV. I tried to avoid saying that because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> But I love players like that that just make plays when they need to. And I don't think the Seminoles, who barely beats Samford, are going to be able to... Got rolled at Syracuse. Got rolled, but the Syracuse Orange. Actually, Syracuse is kind of on the up and up, I think. Like, Dino Babers, good coach. They have a quarterback who kicked a dude in the face during a game last year. <laughs> he was trying to hurdle him, but that's beside the point. So, they, I think Northern Illinois could compete with Syracuse. So I'm going to say Northern Illinois not only covers the 10-point underdog, but wins, wins outright. Wow. outright. Well, I'm glad you picked that because I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Um, is it, it's in Tallahassee, right? Yeah, okay. so is the Sanford game. Well, and I did watch that, and it's not a terrible pick, but 
Also not a pick I would have made because I, I'm going to pick, and let me preface this. I don't expect them to win. I only expect them to cover. I have Texas Tech covering at uh, Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State is a 10.5 point favorite. Should just be another classic, um, you know, Big 12 shootout. First to 60 wins. And I bet you Texas Tech scores like, you know, a meaningless touchdown with 10 seconds left to get with to get under that spread. <laughs> well, we're even on college football, so each game is very crucial. So I'm going for the two points here. All right, switching over to NFL where it's it's turning into a blowout, just like Northern Illinois will blow out. Northern Illinois say, will blow out. Illinois, I'm pretty sure they'll lose by a thousand. <laughs> Northern Illinois will blow out Florida State. We'll stay in the South with the New Orleans Saints traveling to the Superdome and the Atlanta Falcons. Well, Matt Ryan is possibly the greatest quarterback of all time at home and just an average stiff on the road at this point. So I'll go with the Falcons strictly because of the home field advantage. I will say both teams are pretty evenly matched up. Atlanta's defense is banged up quite a bit, but Atlanta at home, I'm with you. I'm almost wishing I would have picked the Saints now. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, now Giants, Battle of 0-2s, Giants at Texans. Well, I've picked the Texans wrong every week, so I don't really know what to do with this one. But I trashed on Eli earlier, and it's in Texas, so I'll go with the Texans. And I tried to defend the Giants, <laughs> and I and I do think Deshaun Watson's better than when he showed the first two games where he's not as good as everyone's saying he is, so I'm going to stick with the Giants. You think it's close? I do think it's close. I think it, Eli has a little magic left, and Odell <laughs> gets it to Odell on a slant, and Odell does the rest of the work. This is the one I'm most excited about, is the L.A. Chargers at the L.A. Rams. I... This is hard for me because I've set myself decidedly against the Rams because they're everyone's bandwagon team this year. Like, if you just moved to L.A., then that, then you could be a Rams fan without me hating on you too much. But everyone is all over the Rams. They're going to win. They're going to go, you know, 17-0 and in the regular season somehow. Having said that, I would love to pick the Chargers, but I'm going to pick the Rams. If Bosa was healthy for the Chargers, I would probably pick them just out of spite, but he's not, so... Rams win in a close one. The Chargers will have that nobody believes in us, LA, LA hates us edge, but Rams are just too talented. I like a lot, a lot of what you said there, especially with Bosa out. I think that hurts the Chargers. But I feel like the Rams are just so high that they, they're going to come down to earth this week and then they'll still win the division. And LA got smoked by Kansas City, so they've already been humbled. So I'm going to go with, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers having that chip on their shoulder and getting the Can I change my win. pick or is it too late? If you want to change your pick. I'm going to change my pick only because I want to watch that game with a clear conscience. And I hate when I picked one team and then I, I picked the team I didn't want to win because then I feel compelled to root for the team I didn't want to win and that's just bad for the soul. So, And again, I wasn't, I was like, I was kind of high on the Chargers. So I'm going to go with the Chargers just so I can watch that game in peace. <laughs> I got my upset pick first for college, so I'll let you go first for the NFL. All right. Um, I feel kind of queasy about this one, but I didn't see a better alternative. I'll regret it as soon as you tell me your pick, but I'm going to go with the Bucks over the Steelers at home. 
Right. What's the spread on that? Just just Steelers minus 1.5. Okay. But so far, every quarterback who's played the Steelers, or not every quarterback, every good quarterback who's played the Steelers has been able to carve them up. Um, and Big Ben plays way better at home than on the road. So since it's in Tampa Bay, I hate to be the, the home field guy, but that's what I've been so far. So I'll go with the Bucks. All right. I have two picks here, and I'm trying to debate which one. On one hand, I have our good old Oakland Raiders going to Miami. They're three-point underdogs against the Dolphins, who I think are lucky to have two wins. But they do have two wins, and they played well during both of them. So there's an option there. And then I also think the Cowboys are going to beat Seattle in Seattle. But since that game is in Seattle, there may be some magic left. I'm going to go with the Raiders once again to beat the Dolphins in Miami. Hope we get a replay of that one play last year where the, I think the there was a fumble and one of the linemen picked it up and tried to run with it and then just got helicopter and lost the ball again. <laughs> that was the be- to me that was the best non Philadelphia Eagles play of the year last year. As you seasoned veterans know, the picks are the finale of our show, usually. So Ben, have any other pressing matters you'd like to bring to the table? Tell all your friends and your family about us. Tell your kids, your dog, tell your wife, hide your kids, hide your Up and coming, get on the ground floor. Just like we did with John Gruden. Just like Yep, while I'm dialing you up.